glad you're here this morning. Amen. I, uh, I feel that the Lord has definitely put a message upon my heart for this service today. And uh, we're going to be reading a familiar passage of Scripture in the book of John, chapter 14, verse number 1. We're going to begin reading with that first verse. So John chapter 14 and verse number 1. Jesus is speaking, and he says in that first verse, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus answered him and said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. If you had known me, you should have known also my Father, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it sufficeth us. And Jesus said unto Philip, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. Let that sink into your spirit. He that hath seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe for the very work's sake itself. So I want to stop reading right there this morning. And I want to title my message, Show Us the Father. If you will bow your heads for just a moment, we'll pray together and ask the Lord for his help, for his anointing and ministering the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we have felt your divine presence here in this place. Thank you this morning, Lord, that we have been touched by the presence of your Holy Spirit here in this house today. Thank you for these that have gathered and we have gathered here in your name and we appreciate the promise, Lord, that when we gather in your name, you are in our midst. I pray today, Father, that you will bless 
Everyone that hears, and I pray that you will allow them to receive what you have placed in my heart. I would ask today, Lord, that you would divinely anoint me with the anointing of your Holy Spirit and that you would give me liberty in the house of God to speak what you have placed upon my heart. I would ask this morning, Lord, that you would allow Christ to be glorified and the people of God to be edified. Bless us now as we attempt to minister your word. Give me, I pray, O Lord, unction to function. Of my own ability, I am inadequate. But if you will anoint me and if you will help me, then, Lord, we know that we will indeed be blessed. We ask all of these things this morning in the mighty name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said, Amen. So this morning is, of course, Father's Day, and I will begin by wishing all of you fathers a happy Father's Day. I pray that you have a really wonderful, relaxing, incredibly beautiful day. You deserve it. Amen? You deserve it. So happy Father's Day, and I want to take some time this morning to share with you some things that the Holy Spirit began to speak uh, uh, to my heart even several weeks ago as we approached Father's Day. And I want to talk to you this morning about the conduct that becomes a good father. The conduct that becomes a good father. I believe all of us that are here today this morning that have children There's no doubt in my mind that we would like to be a good father, but the question arises, what makes a good father? What makes a good father? Is a good father the guy that just gives his kids everything they want? Hello? Is a good father the guy that never corrects or never reprimands, but always leaves it to mama to do the correction? Is that... Is that the good father? Hello? (laughs) Is the good father the guy, the one that just strives to be above all else, the best buddy to his children? I got three boys, I promise you. There were times that they did not think I was their best buddy. I would submit to you this morning that we do not need to look very far but that our society is in need of men who will be a good father to their children. I firmly believe that some of the trouble that we are seeing in uh, the streets of our nation are a direct result of a lack of good fathers. Too many fathers have checked out and exported their responsibility to raise their children to someone else. Too many fathers have allowed the light of their leadership to go out in their household. Too many fathers in the day that we live have neglected to be the priest of their household. It is both sad, but it is true that America is rapidly becoming a fatherless society, a nation where the father figure is absent from the home. 
In fact, the United States, and this is a sad statistic, but the United States leads the world in fatherless families. Currently, approximately 30% of all American children are born into a single-parent home. For some minority communities, that figure is rising to over 70%. Do you not think that that is a problem? You can blame it on a lot of stuff, but I'm going to tell you something this morning. Amen. We need to look at where are the fathers. David Popino, a professor of sociology at Rutgers University, writes, and I quote, If the present trend continues, the percentage of American children living apart from their biological fathers will reach over 50% in the next century. Amen. I don't want to bore you this morning with a ton of statistics. But let me just share some numbers with you that will help you understand and substantiate what I'm talking about this morning. Amen. That makes it clear why it is vitally important that we have good fathers in the homes across the nation in order to have or in order to create a vibrant and healthy family. Statistics reveal that 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 90% of all of the homeless and the runaway children are from homes where the fathers are absent. 85% of all of the children who showed behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. From the National Principals Association, 71% of high school dropouts come from a fatherless home. 85% of the youth that are in the prisons in America come from fatherless homes. And check this out, 47% of children who are living in poverty come from a home where the father is no longer there. Amen. Statistics reveal that if the mother is a strong believer, then 15% of the children will grow up to have a faith in God. But if the father is a strong believer, 75% of the children will grow up to be, amen, a faithful, amen, and active in their relationship with Christ. What does it mean? It means, Dad, that you are are more influential than what you think you are. It means, Dad, that you are vitally important to the success and the well-being of your children. It means that without your influence and without your input, your children are more likely to fail and they are more likely to grow up in poverty and in want. I came to tell somebody this morning that, Dad, you are important. I came to tell you that your influence, you have influence to inspire. 
You have influence to make an impact. You have influence to guide. You have influence to lead and direct and give direction to your household. Use that influence, I say this morning. Lead, amen, your children to the cross. Lead your children into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Use that influence to lead your family family in prayer. Use that influence uh, to lead your family into worship uh, and lead them into the word of God and lead them to the house of God. Don't send them. Lead them to the house of the Lord. Uh, lead with compassion. Uh, lead without compromise uh, and with conviction. Lead with determination and resolve uh, and with a steady and steadfast uh, sturdy hand. And I promise you the rewards will be great on the other end. Use your influence to give sound godly wisdom and understanding advice to those who are looking to you for direction. Use your influence to instruct and correct and bring direction to the lives of your children. Use your influence to impart godly wisdom and understanding. And in all of your doing, you will teach them the path of life. You will teach them, amen, by example, what a good father really is. And that brings me to my text this morning. We ask the question, what is a good father? What substantiates a good father? And I believe that our text gives us some insight to answer that question. If you look a little closer at the text, amen. In John chapter 13 and verse number 33, Jesus had said to his disciples in that 33rd verse of the 13th chapter, yet a little while and I am with you. And you shall seek me, and as I said to the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. Understand in chapter 13, he is telling them that he is about to go away. He is telling them that he is going to be crucified and fall into the hands of sinful men, fall into the hands of the Jewish nation. He's telling them that at some point in their future, they are going to forsake him. Amen. He even tells Peter, you're going to deny me. That's a heavy load for the day. I mean, he tells you, he made your teacher, your rabbi, he's about to go away. He's about to be crucified. And he's telling us that we're going to forsake him and that we're even going to deny him. How do you know that's a lot of heavy stuff to receive in one day? And so their hearts are troubled. Their hearts are troubled. Amen. They understand the disciples are stressed and they are troubled about the things that they heard that was about to unfold in their lives. And Jesus says to them in our text in verse 1, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be stressed. Don't be, don't be discouraged because I've shared these things with you. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't be stressed. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, he said, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Don't be discouraged. Don't be stressed out. Don't be troubled. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And then in verse 4 and verse 5, he says, you know where I'm going. And you know the way. You know where I'm going and you know the way. Philip says, Lord, we don't have any idea where you're going. That's a loose white translation. <laughs> we don't have any idea where you're going. How in the world would we know how to get there? And Jesus says to Philip, I am the way. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And no man can get where I'm going except he follows my example. I am the way. Amen. I, the way that I've taught you is the way. The truth that I've exampled to you, that is the way. The things that you have seen me do and the things that you have heard me say, that's the way. The things that I've done, they are the way. No man can come to the Father except he follows my example. Except he follows my lead. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And Philip decides that what they need to calm all of their fears is a supernatural revelation of the Father. And he says, show us the Father. And it will suffice. Look at verse 8. Show us the Father. And it will suffice. He's saying, show us the Father and it will satisfy us. It will be sufficient. For, it will convince us. It will assure us. What we need is a supernatural manifestation of the Father, like the dove coming down, setting up on the sun. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Show us the Father, and that will assure us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you that you have not known me? Philip, and get these words, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest then, show us the Father. In other words, Jesus was saying, if you've been watching me handle my business these last three and a half years, you have seen the Father. If you have heard me teach and watch me heal, amen, and live my life, you have seen the Father because I am just like my Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. There's a family resemblance. Hello? Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 44, Jesus cried and said, He that believes on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me sees him 
that sent me. Amen. John 10 and 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. We are one. We are just alike. In other words, Jesus was saying, if you want to know what the Father looks like, all you got to do is look at me. If you want to, amen, see the Father, all you got to do is watch my life because me and my Father are exactly alike. Beloved, what I'm saying this morning is that if we want to be, if we want to know what a good father looks like, all we have to do is look at the life of Jesus. If we want to know how to be a good father, then all we need to do is live our life after his example. If we want to know how to be a good father, then all we need to do is apply the character of Christ to our lives. And there are three things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the character of Jesus or about the character of Christ. Remember, if you have seen him, you have seen the father. Want to be a good, good father? Be like Jesus. Here are three things, and there are tons of stuff that we could talk about, but there are three things that I want to share with you about the character of Jesus. Jesus, number one, the first characteristic that the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart was Jesus was all about unity. Jesus was all about unity. Jesus often talked about he and his father being unified or being united. But did you know that he also prayed that we would be one with him, in him, and in God? So if you look in John chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus prayed this prayer, that they may be one as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. In other words, God, our heavenly Father, amen, were very concerned about us living in unity and in harmony with them and with one another. What it reveals to us is this, that a good father strives to keep unity in the family. A good father is one who strives to keep the family unit filled with a cohesive attitude of agreement. That doesn't mean that the family is always going to get along. But what I can tell you is that a good father will strive to keep peace and will strive to be a peacemaker in the household and in the family. A good father is one who strives to keep the family unit in harmony and in one accord. A good father is one who learns uh, how to work in agreement and consensus uh, and encourage the others uh, to follow in unison in a united fashion. And here's what the Bible says about unity. Psalms 133 verse 1 through 3. The scripture said, behold how good 
and how pleasant that it is for us to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, amen, for there the Lord commanded a blessing, even life forevermore. What exactly is he saying, Pastor Gary? He is saying that unity is like an anointing of oil. It is equivalent to the blessing of the Lord. Unity is pleasant and precious, amen. And let me just share with you this morning, when there is unity in the family, when there is unity in the family of God, when there there is unity in the household of the Lord. There is blessing and there is peace and there is strength in Christ. In that unity, the apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 1, he said, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering and forbearing, loving one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He's saying, whatever you do, endeavor to keep unity among yourself because unity brings a united front. It brings a blessing from the Lord. Amen. E Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 says a three-four cord is not easily broken. Amen. What the scripture's telling us that is if we walk in unity, we will walk in strength. If we walk in unity, we will walk with a unified heart and in the blessing of God. Unity empowers, it inspires, it emboldens, it encourages, and it energizes, it stimulates, and it motivates. And a good father is one that will keep the family united and strive to walk in a spirit of unity I don't know about you this morning but I want there to be peace and unity in my family amen amen and that comes when we walk in a unified manner Exodus chapter 17 verse 9 what does that look like in the real world Do you remember the story in Exodus chapter 17 Moses and the children of Israel are fixing to go to battle with Amalek. And Moses says to Joshua, you go and fight. I am going to the mountain of the Lord with the rod of God, with the staff. And he says, and you fight, we're going to pray. And the Bible said that Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the mountain. And as long as Moses held up his hands, Joshua was winning the battle in the valley. But the Bible said Moses' hands got weary and they began to come down. And when Moses' hands began to come down, the children of Israel began to lose the battle in the valley. Here's what unity looks like. Aaron got on one side and Hur got on the other side and they got the hands of Moses up in the air and they stood, amen, standing there with him, holding his hands up, amen. And the Bible said that Joshua, amen, made a, 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 a
he destroyed the armies in the valley all because of the unity upon the mountaintop. Amen. There's another story in the book of Mark. Chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible said that Jesus had entered into Capernaum. And, and when the noise, when it was noised abroad that he was there, they began to bring people to him and multitudes began to gather. And there were four men that took a man that was sick of the palsy. And one got on one corner and one got on the other corner and one got on one corner in the rear and one on the other corner and they lifted that man up and they took him to Jesus. He couldn't make it on his own. But they were unified in their effort and they brought him to the Lord and the place was so packed that they couldn't even get him into the building. Amen. They didn't just give up. They didn't quit. They ripped the roof off and let him down in front of Jesus. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about this morning? These four men were unified. Amen. They were, they were united in their effort. And when they brought this man to Jesus uh, in a unified manner, good things happened. What I'm telling you this morning is that if you will, as a father, endeavor and strive uh, to keep your family in unity, good things will happen in your life. Mm. Follow his example. Number two, the characteristics of Christ. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about Christ. He was loving. He was loving. Listen to Jesus' words in John chapter 13 and verse number 34. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. He was loving. He said, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. John 15, 9. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. Slip on down to verse number 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has this than no man that, that this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, the Bible said of him in Ephesians 5 and 2, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. What is it teaching us? It's teaching us that a good father should be motivated by love. A good father is one whose heart is filled with love. A good father is one that learns how to express and demonstrate their love for their children. A good father is one who is not afraid to communicate and articulate their love for their household. A good father is one whose actions and conduct is guided by love that they carry in their heart. Dad, your children need to know that you love them so tell them so show them so amen not just with your words but with your actions hmm. our heavenly father has gone out of his way to express his love for us Ephesians 2 and 4 but God who is rich in mercy 
for his great love wherewith he loved us. 1 John 3 and 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. When John says, Behold, he's saying, Look here, stop and consider. Take a moment and just consider how much the Father, amen, loves us. That we should be called the sons of God. Our heavenly father has gone out of his way to demonstrate his love for us. And I will tell you this morning that I believe that a good father will go out of their way to demonstrate and express their love for their children. There was a generation that could not seemingly tell their children, I love you. Hello? That's Oscar Mayer theology. That is baloney. Let them know that you love them. Tell them that you love them. Encourage them and show them that you love them. Not with just what you say, but with what you do. Amen. They should know it already. Well, let me just tell you, amen, I promise you, if you ain't telling them that you love them, the enemy is telling them that you don't. Hello? Number three, the third thing that the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart, and I'm just going to preach about these three things. But the third thing that the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart, the third characteristic of Jesus, and remember, Jesus is saying, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm showing you what a good father looks like. One of the characteristics of Jesus that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about was that he, he was willing to endure the hard stuff. He was willing to endure the hard stuff. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse number 2. Concerning the Lord, looking unto Jesus... The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. What is the author writing about? He's saying, consider Christ who endured the hard stuff, who was willing to look beyond the difficult part so that he could see the joy of the salvation that it would bring to millions who believed upon his name. But he was willing to look past the hard stuff to get to the good stuff. Can I tell you this morning that there's a whole lot of dads that when the going gets tough, they get up and get gone. Hello? Why? They don't want none of the hard stuff. They just want the good stuff. Well, Bubba, it ain't all about you. Hello? Amen, I submit that one of the biggest problems among fathers today is that they are too quick to give up 
That's why the statistics that we read earlier, amen, show that there are so many troubled young people in this world because dads have not been willing to endure the hard stuff. Amen. It ain't easy to crawl out of bed early in the morning and work in the heat of the day. It ain't easy, amen, to give and give and give and then hear them back talk. It ain't easy. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. If you're willing to endure the hard stuff, you'll wind up walking into the good stuff. Amen, amen, amen. A good father is willing to endure some difficult times if he knows that it means that the, amen, that the children, that the household is going to benefit from it. A good father is willing to tolerate and withstand some difficulty if he knows that it's going to be for the better in the end. What I'm saying this morning is that when we get, amen, when life gets going, we need to get up and get going ourselves. Jesus endured the cross because he kept his eyes upon the prize. Dad, you may be going through a difficult time, but don't give up. Don't give in. You know, and some of you may be thinking to yourself, I've already raised mine. Amen. Let me just share something with you. They come back. <laughs> and that's okay. One of the most life-changing things for me was when I became a father. I became responsible. I became that guy. willing to endure whatever it took to pour into their lives to satisfy their growth and their needs and the things that they would need willing to give up myself that's what a good father does willing to endure the hard stuff there are other characteristics let me just share a few more of the things that I could have preached about, but those three things were what the Holy Spirit really wanted me to hone in on. But there's some other characteristics concerning Jesus. He was compassionate. He was compassionate. Dad, be compassionate. He was forgiving. He was forgiving. Do you remember when the woman was taken in adultery and they brought him to her and said, shall we stone her? Jesus wasn't quick to answer. He stooped down and wrote in the ground, and they all just one by one started going away. You who are without sin cast the first stone. They all left, and the woman and Jesus were there by themselves. He said, woman, where are your accusers? Where are those that accuse you? She said, they're all gone. He said, neither do I condemn thee. He was forgiving. Dad, be forgiving. Dad, be forgiving. He was humble. He was humble. He humbled himself and became obedient, even obedient unto the death of the cross. He was holy and pure. Live a holy and pure life, Dad. Live a life that testifies of your relationship with Jesus. He was obedient and kind. 
Be obedient to your maker. Be kind to those that are around you. He was generous and prayerful. Let me just tell you, Dad, we need to be prayerful. There are a lot of things I could have chose to spoke about this morning. But I feel the Holy Spirit had me to zero in on those three things this morning concerning the character of Christ. If we want to be a good, good, good father, then follow the example of Jesus. Follow the example of the Lord. And I will just ask you to bow your heads in the house of the Lord this morning. And we will have prayer. Will you come back to the instruments, please? Heavenly Father, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful this morning for every, every good father, every father that has a desire to be a good father to their children. I'm grateful this morning, Lord, that you have exampled for us what it means to be a good father. You have sent your son who has revealed to us your divine character. And I pray this morning, God, I pray this morning, Lord, that for every father that is striving to be a good and godly father that you will supernaturally bless their lives. That you will encourage them this morning that they are doing the right things and that they are doing an awesome job. Father, I pray today for those who maybe feel like in their heart that they haven't been doing everything that they could, that, Lord, you will just encourage them to endure the hard stuff, to share their love, their emotion, and their innermost being with their children. Let them strive to walk in unity and in harmony with their household. Speak, I pray, O oh God, to them and bless them, I ask. I pray today, Lord, that as we leave this place, that the remainder of this day, for every individual under the sound of my voice, you will bless them. You will give them a relaxing day, and Lord, that you will bless their family going into this next week. Minister to the needs of their home, spiritually, physically, financially, every area of their life. Bring direction and guidance and clarity. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And Lord, we will thank you for it. We will praise you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come